Welcome to Life Juicy. I am your host, Mary B. And Life Juicy is a weekly inspirational moment on creating life from soul connection, from higher vibrations than the default mode most of us are operating from. When you ask yourself, but why have I done that? And the answer is, I don't know. That is the default mode I'm talking about. The driving force that makes you do things you do not really want to. So I will take you on a journey of understanding and transformation of the default mechanism into the art of creating the fulfillment you are craving for. My guests, thoughtful leaders, spiritual teachers, and successful coaches, even unknown people, will share their experiences with us. And I believe that if each of us creates our own harmonious life, this world will become a harmonious world for me, for you, for us. So if it is what you would like, let's dive in. Welcome to Live DC episode two. Today we receive Ray Koma, also known by Rajeshwari Ma. Rajeshwari Ma is a transformational healer, a leader, a coach, and a spiritual teacher. She brings many facets to the personal development field, and her holiness Saima has been the guiding force on her spiritual path. Ray Koma has therefore dedicated her life path to Saima's mission of global enlightenment. And that's the reason why I have her with us today to share and enlighten us regarding this famous default mode that most humans are kind of enslaved. So let's welcome Rajeshwarima. Oh, I'm DJ Saima, Rajeshwarima. I'm so happy to have you today. And I just wanted to explain why I welcome you like that. Um, DJ Saima means a kind of namaste, but it is related to the divine feminine. It's like now we are in this era of the divine feminine and the way to honor someone or cheer someone, I would say, is Om DJ Saima, which means I welcome the divine feminine in you and in me. Beautiful Om DJ Saima and thank you for having me today. I'm so happy. So happy. We're going to talk about this topic that is so important to me, which is, you know, this programmation that we have as human being and how it is important to transform that as an individual, but also for the planet. And I, I attended your training and I find that I learned so much and I would really have, would like to have that available for people who are listening to this program. So I know that you have applied what we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. you have applied that in your life and, or maybe a little later, I would like you to share how that has, has transformed your life. But first, my first question would be, how do this default program get to be embedded in human beings? How does it happen? Well, when we're born as humans and developing in our mother's womb, the brain is developing and it's one of the first organs to start developing and as it grows it takes on information and so even from the time that we're in our mother's womb we're absorbing information and up until the point that we're born and about a year after birth 
we're in the state of the brain where it's absorbing, absorbing, absorbing information. And it's absorbing in a way so that it's learning. We're learning how to survive or how to be in this world. So it's taking in information. What's good? What do I do? What do I not do? Like that. And so we absorb without any filters. Anything that's in the environment we take in. And all of this information is gets stored in the brain. And even up to all the way up about age six, or seven, just before we start going to the school, usually formal schooling, we're still in that state as a young baby. We're in the Delta state where we're asleep most of the time where babies are sleeping and just taking in. But even after that, we're primarily in this theta state where again, we're absorbing information. And all of that is so that we know how to function in the world. And during that time, we're taking in anything that we see, hear, feel as vibration from our environment and mostly from our, from my mother, of course, we're in our mother's belly and we're feeling, sensing, even hearing everything that is going on around us, even if we're not aware of it and it, we absorb it, it goes into the brain and we're storing all this as, as information. And all of these get stored. We think we have personalities. What we really have is a, all of these filters layered upon us and they're a way that we see the world and they're a way that we experience the world. And because of that, these become what we call programs. Their programs are energy set into different patterns. So everything's energy. That's the foundation. Everything's energy, meaning everything's a vibration. So if we look at everything as vibration, everything that we see, feel, sense, all that is simply a different frequency of vibration. So mm -hmm. it could be a low frequency, like fear or anxiety, a sadness, or it could be a high vibration of like joy, gratitude, of love. And it's everything is a spectrum between these, these vibrations. And as we're absorbing everything, we're absorbing it again without filters. We're just absorbing everything. So we're taking things in all the different frequencies. And as a baby, we don't have a label for them. We just have this kind of feeling or that kind of feeling. And then, then as we're growing up, we see things, we take things in as images, we hear things, we take things, things, things in as words. And even though we don't comprehend them in a linear way, we take them in and we store them as energy images and as energy in thoughts and emotions. And they become like our basis for experiencing the world. And once those get stored into our subconscious mind, which is what we're absorbing in when we're in this delta or theta state, we're absorbing everything into our subconscious mind. It gets put there as a storage room. And once it's there as a storage room, it's that piece of information because we're taking everything in to filter how we view life, how we see life what's dangerous or what's not dangerous. And so everything comes up and we start seeing that. So example, if as a young child, you're like toddling outside and this dog comes up to you and starts barking at really fiercely and you get startled, 
you store that energy of dog barking, scared, that frequency of being startled or scared, and that gets set as like a filter. So later, so something in, in our subconscious are saying, dog, this barking sound is dangerous. So when we're also bigger, when we hear dog barking, we might get that same feeling of, oh, danger, I have to be careful. But we do that with everything in life, not just dogs, but maybe a parent was very loud and angry. And then we, when we hear loud, angry voices, we get scared so that those energies in that image get stored. And those become different like programs and filters that we see life through. And so instead of experiencing just anything that's there, we're experiencing from this reservoir of experiences of all these frequencies of images and feelings that we stored pretty much until we were about age six. Very young, so. Very young. Yeah. And so after six years old, what happens? So after six, then that's when our linear mind starts kicking in, where we start thinking, cognitive thinking. We, this is when we start going, most kids will start going to school or having some kind of education. And they're taught about numbers and letters and reading. And most of our school systems are very left brain, meaning they're very linear. Mm-hmm. You memorize things, you're taught uh, information and the brain also shifts into now taking in all this information. Now it's going to see how much of that, that information do I really need? Mm. So then it starts what's called a pruning process and it starts erasing anything that's really not necessary or not needed. And so most of our like our neurological activity really is at a young age. And then we start taking out the information that we don't need. But how come if we don't keep the information that we don't need, how come do we keep these programs that are maybe not useful for us? Usually what it is, is because we're taking this information to see what is important to know. It's like our whole neurological filtration system. Our brain has a way of blocking any information that we don't need. So for example, if you're you know, sitting in a room and there's a fan going on and there's maybe some noise outside of traffic or you're that sensation of sitting in a chair or feeling maybe air, like the air conditioning on and you feel the air moving in the room. There's so much input coming into our brain that we ignore a lot of it. Uh, otherwise, we're constantly thinking, feeling everything that's on our body. We're hearing everything that's going on around us and it's too much information. So the brain learns to filter out what's important and what's not. It doesn't mean that it all disappears from the environment, but what it means is that the the brain learns to, it's, it's called the reticular activation system. There's this part in the brain that's filtering what's important and what's not. Is this life-threatening or is it not? And if it's not, then it starts filtering it out. So for example, at first you might hear uh, some, some noise going on or people outside going walking around, but after a while you don't hear it anymore because the brain thing, it starts filtering it as something not needed. And so 
when we take in all these these impressions when we're young if it's if it makes an impact meaning if there's a there's an image that we have and there's a strong emotion with it like that loud voice and fear and not just once but if there's constantly loud voices and fear or if a child grew up during like a like a wartime and you were hearing like explosions outside something that and you could feel the parents being very scared then that loud sound and fear again these emotions get very strongly associated and they get stored and so the bigger like the emotion or the bigger the impact the bigger it gets stored inside of us but if it's something that's happening every day and like you have uh, the same breakfast every day if it's repetitive again it may get stored but if it's just things that are going on in the day even like if you if you were to think back five days what did you have for breakfast or two months ago on monday on the first of august what did you have for breakfast you don't really remember or you might but most people really don't remember unless it was important uh, it was your first day on the job. So you remember because there was emotion attached to it. So the brain that uh, it looks at what's important to remember. And if there's a story that has an emotion that's strong, it'll, it'll keep it because it, it's saying I, that that was a strong impression. If anything like that comes up, I need to be aware. Other than that, if it's like the air going on or just little sounds going on here, the brain doesn't keep it because it's like it, it's like your computer. If you put everything there, at some point your whole database gets so full, and you can't find anything. But if you store things in certain places that you can retrieve easily, then you have these files. And our subconscious is kind of like that. Some people have it very organized where we kind of worked with the subconscious. We, we know certain things that have gone on in our, our lives. We may have worked through it. Like if our parents were divorced and we went through a lot of emotion around it, if we worked through it, then it's all kind of organized. But if we went through trauma or anything really, and we never really addressed it or looked at it and they were just stored as all these impressions but we never because they get they get stored at the age that we experience them if we experience a lot of things as a two-year-old or one-year-old these impressions we don't they're like raw energy but we don't have a cognitive understanding to them so then they're just all kind of thrown into this room that we call subconscious and they just, they get stored there. And if there's a strong energy to it, they stay there. And if we have, because it's energy, if we experience energy that's similar to that energy, then they suddenly come up. So they only come up if there's something similar going on that will like recall that energy. Like if I hear a loud voice again, or if I hear a dog barking again, or something like that to what we call trigger to trigger that. And if it's all thrown in there and we never opened that door and looked at it, they might pop out and we're, we're caught by surprise. We mm. may not have had the experience since we were two, but it was such a strong impression. It was there. And as soon as that frequency, that same energy, that resonance was there, ah, here it is. Mm. And it pops out. 
And that's, that's how we can have that reaction that we are not expecting from us. Like we yes. don't even know we would react like that. Yes, exactly. Because the subconscious is very fast. Mm. Our kind of a cognitive, our conscious mind is actually much slower. So if we're thinking something and we think, ah, I should not do that. <laughs> or ah, that's not very nice then we're just thinking about it logically and it usually isn't that emotional but if somebody says something and we immediately react with anger or with anxiety or you say something you didn't you know mean to say right somebody says something and you get caught off guard and it just comes out those reactions are coming from the subconscious because subconscious is much much faster and usually they come out before we can even stop those words so that's why that was when it, when we throw everything in there and never organize it so we don't know what might pop out those are things that come out because and as we but in a way it's a good thing that it popped up because when something triggers it meaning something comes of the same frequency suddenly it surfaces then we know it's there until then we might not even know it's there whether it's fear or it's anger, or I mean, it could also be joy, it could be any emotion, but usually the ones that ca caught us off guard as a reaction may be more of these lower frequencies. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, not only are they stored there, the thing, the thing that's really amazing about the mind and how it works with these energies and these patterns is that if it's there, it's like a beacon. It's broadcasting that energy. Mm -hmm. And so it the way the energy works, there's different universal laws of energy. And so one of those laws is the law of resonance. So if it's there inside of us, like ear, it's there. Even though we don't remember it, it's calling that frequency of fear to us. So then we start experiencing things that we feel that fear. Or if there's anxiety or anxiety about a dog, then we broadcast that. And so we bring those experiences to us. And since we're seeing those in the filter, if we hear that loud sound, the reaction is to go into fear. Or if mm -hmm. we hear that barking, the reaction is to go into, oh, I have to run away. And is it that way that people can repeat and repeat again the same behaviors and the same outcomes because they didn't look into the storage room? Yes, because our whole existence, we're always trying to find that place. What I, what I call is we're always trying to heal ourselves, coming into a place of balance. It's, it's easy to see in the physical body, like if you cut yourself and the white blood cells come and it, it fights off the bacteria and the wounds heal. So the body has a way of self-healing mm -hmm. to a large extent. And sometimes when it goes beyond that capacity, then we need external help. But if we have a bacteria, the body fights it off. There's an immune system. There's different systems in our body. Even if we break our bone, it, it starts to mend. So the body is always trying to come back to health, to homeostasis, to balance. And so is the mind. So if there's these things there that are traumatic, of fear, the mind is constantly wanting to clear it. So if something comes into the environment that, that's that frequency, it'll bring it up so it could be cleared. 
basically, because as long as it's inside and we're not addressing it, and it's this beacon putting out that frequency and calling that frequency to us, then we keep calling those life experiences to us. And the bigger reason that it's doing that is putting out the speaking calling to us is so we can look at it and clear it. So that's a good news kind of. It's a way to heal. It's every time it comes up, it's an opportunity to heal. And if we're not aware of that, then we go into, oh my gosh, I shouldn't feel that. And we start trying to push it back down. So it keeps going up and down and up and down. And so we keep repeating it where we could also just simply be, oh, wow, I, I'm afraid of loud sounds. Let me feel that. And then if I could really feel it when it comes up, that was maybe a filter that was stored when I was one or two, or even still my mother's tummy. And when that comes up, I could consciously feel it, meaning I feel it. Is it really dangerous? Do I really need to feel this? Is this story real? Ah, maybe not. And then that energy, it's only an energy. If we can be present with that and let that energy move through and move out, then that actually clears from the system. Because again, we're only looking at it as a filter to see, is this dangerous? Do I need to do something? Do I need to run? Do I need to fight that fight or flight? That's where our sympathetic nervous system comes in and the heart starts racing. You know, we get all ready to, to run away. And if you feel that and you consciously become aware, oh, I don't need to run. I'm not that one-year-old anymore. I'm not in that dangerous situation anymore. And you can let that move through then it's just energy and it could dissipate. It's actually quite amazing when you think about not just humans, all animals have this this built in. For example, in the wild, if a deer gets chased by a tiger, right? You see the deer going when you hear the sound and it sees a tiger and it runs. So of course its heart is beating, its adrenaline is flowing, it's running for its life and then it gets away. And in the wild, after it gets away and knows it's safe, then the deer will start shaking it off. It starts going into this reaction where it shakes off the adrenaline and it moves out of that synthetic fight or flight and it calms down. So you don't really see deer in the wild, like all traumatized, like, oh my gosh, is there, you know, or needing therapy. You know, they they could let that go. Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't survive very long if they're always in this state. But humans have the ability to override that. So after, the, after whatever they're fearful of, after that goes away, they, they don't let it move out there. They don't let it move out of the system. If they did, like if that young child that got barked and got really scared, if the mother really held them and said, it's okay, it's okay, and you go back and maybe you see the dog, maybe the dog was just startled and then dog is okay and you're okay and your whole system's, then it doesn't get stored in that same way as a trauma. It gets to move through all that adrenaline, everything, that fear, that energy could move out. And so 
all the system is looking for is that it goes into that heightened state and it's looking to release it. And if we stop it there, like we couldn't get away or something happened or it was dangerous at home or I had to hide and I couldn't let go of that fear and I, and I held it, that's when it gets stored. So as humans, if we're able to process it through, like really move through it and let it go, like something, you know, when sometimes when you're in shock, you start shaking afterwards or mm-hmm. you might start crying, like after the, the initial shock or the fear goes away, like after a car accident, for example, you know, the first shock and then, then, then you start shaking. Yeah. Usually as humans, we stop that. It's like, okay, don't shake, don't cry. You're okay. Just don't. And when you stop it, because we can stop it, then we store it. Oh, so it's very interesting. So we can not record these uh, feelings or these programs, but if we don't have, I mean, the parenting that would allow that, or maybe the environment that would allow that, as an adult, we are able to transform this. When it comes up. When it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And we really need to accept that it comes up. It will come up because it wants to be healed. It wants to be cleared. The system doesn't want to hang on to those energies, but it'll hang on because it's like trauma is a, it's literally an incomplete action. It went into that heightened state, but we were able to come out of it. And so, I mean, there's so many different levels of that, that it might be not something that somebody could do on their own. Or something might just simply be, okay, I'm okay. And you could just, if we're conscious of that and knowing that it's just energy, there are some things that we could simply allow to move through. Oh, that's just a pattern. It's just a pattern of energy. I just needed to, I don't need to hold on to it. I can just breathe it and let it move through my system. And then there are deeper levels that maybe we need help with that we can't move through on our own. But in in general, it, we're always looking at that same thing, something that we're storing. It's a filter in our subconscious. We took it on at some stage in our life. A lot of times when we're young, it could be older, of course, trauma could have at any time or large impact emotions could happen at any time. So we store them, but when we're we're aware of them, they don't have to be the filters that govern us. And the thing is, we keep layering so many filters in our lives that what we're seeing isn't necessarily reality itself. We're seeing reality through all the filters that we put on it. In the same way that if one of my filters is loud noises are dangerous for somebody else, It'll be something completely different. Mm -hmm. So whatever we see or experience is not really what's happening. It's the story we attach to it. Without Mm -hmm. the story, it doesn't have any energy. Mm, Interesting. And the story can be like a misunderstanding as well, because if we are so young, we don't understand the situation and we create a story that has no foundation, actually. It's possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like if as a young child... Your mother and father fought a lot. The story could be, it's my fault. Oh, it's because I, maybe they're fighting about you. It's not because of you. 
but maybe both are really stressed out and who's going to take care of the baby or the child or whatever it is, then, oh, the child could interpret it as, I'm not loved, I'm not good enough, I'm a bad person, if mother and father are this angry, I must have done something wrong. We interpret things. It's not necessarily the reality at all, but it's somehow we're taking that energy, we attach an emotion to it, we attach a story to it. At some point, we, we attach a meaning to it, but it's just a meaning that we've attached. Somebody else might have a, uh, a similar situation and have a very different meaning. For example, if you see a bus drive by and you see somebody running after the bus, for somebody that could look like, oh, that person missed the bus and they're trying to see if they can get this driver to stop and pick them up with somebody else it could be maybe they left their baby on the bus and they're running after the bus oh they left something really important on the bus or for somebody else it could be oh that person's running has nothing to do with the bus or for for every person will have could have a different interpretation some could be very neutral some could be fear-based maybe somebody else is running away from somebody who's dangerous behind them and they're hoping they could catch the bus so there could be fear but depending on what stories we have inside when we see that situation we attach a meaning it has nothing to do with what's happening here it's all based on maybe some meaning we attach to a similar situation that we saw and we put that meaning on and we start doing that to everything in life. So if like our partner raises their voice, we might go into fear. Whereas maybe they just grew up in a household where everybody was loud and that was good and that was joyful. But we start attaching all these different feelings, emotions, meanings to things that we've absorbed again by age six. Yeah, where we don't understand life, almost nothing about oh. life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So if I summarize what you said, so we can heal those things. We can completely transform our program. And this is what you're teaching, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was the program that I followed. And I will have uh, the link for people who would be interested in this in the description of this episode. But would you maybe summarize in a few sentences before we go to the other subject that I would like you to talk about, just summarize this, how we heal about this, how we can transform our program. Yes. So as I said, everything's energy. And when we become really aware of it, everything's just a different frequency. It's neither good nor bad. It's just a different frequency. And some frequencies are comfortable for us, like joy. Most people like that feeling of joy or gratitude. And some feelings are not comfortable anxiety sadness fear these are not comfortable and so but it's, it's because our nature is in that place of joy in that place of expansion so the energies are either expanding they make us feel open and expanding or as they get narrow as they get lower in frequency they start becoming contracting so we're on this whole continuum of energy of anything from fully shut down contracted fear to fully open and expanded love and kind of everything between this fear and this love. So when we understand everything's energy and then we take that energy and we put it all in patterns, meaning 
we take that energy and we put those together with a story, we put those together with a feeling, and then we put it all, we package it all together in a pattern of how we experience things. And then we take that pattern of energy and we put it in our mind. And our mind is like this magic box. Once you put that energy in, it becomes that beacon. It starts broadcasting that energy and, and pulling those things to us. That's why we talk about the law of attraction, where we attract things to us. It's because those energies are in our subconscious mind. And we start pulling those. And then we have the story attached to everything, right? And then like that bus situation. Once we're aware that we have those energies, we're putting all those energies into patterns and we store all of those in our mind and we have a story attached to it and we're living that story, we're actually only living a story that we've attached to these patterns, these images that we have. So once we're aware of that, we can go and shift that energy. We can go and shift those patterns. And then the stories are different. And then our experience of life is different. So we can consciously create life according to the way we want life. The filters are simply patterns of energy that we've stored in our minds. And we could look, once we become aware of the filters that we hold, then we can choose this filter works for me, this filter I don't need. And I could, again, work through it. I could feel that and consciously let it go. Oh, I don't need this anymore. This isn't part of my life anymore. Ah, this is what I understood when I was one. And it's not true for me anymore. And as we become aware and consciously start shifting those energies, then we start living life by design, meaning we've cleaned out that subconscious room. It's not just everything stuffed in there. We don't know what's there. We've become aware and then we become aware of what we choose to have there and we clean out what we don't choose to have there. And that's an ongoing process, but then we start living consciously. I love this sentence, create your life by design. Like it's your own creation. You're not there repeating something that you misunderstand at five years old or two years old. But as an adult, you become like a master of your life, your own life. And I guess yes. that's, that's really the purpose. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for these words of wisdom and high vibration knowledge. Hi, thank you for listening for this episode of Life Juicy. If you liked what you heard today, share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, you can message me directly on mariebe.lifejuicy.love. -E at lifejuicy.love. M-A-R-I-E-B at L-I-F-E-J-U-I-C-Y dot L-O-V-E. Thank you for listening.